All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 41. This week, I've got some heated topics. I'm going to be talking to you guys about Lamar Jackson and the unfair expectations that are placed on quarterbacks currently. I'll be talking to you guys about Bill Belichick and why I think extremely lowly of Bill Belichick, and I really just don't think he's that great of a coach. And I'm also going to give you guys the top five players that I'm rooting for to have either the next step, take the next step this season, or have a bounce back season. So let's just go ahead and get into it. All right. Last week, I talked about Lamar Jackson and how he deserved that record record-breaking contract that the Ravens gave him. My basis was that it's not easy to find yourself an NFL MVP quarterback. It's just not a simple thing to do. And one of the most common responses that you guys gave me was something along the lines of, well, what has he done in the playoffs? which is a valid response when you're talking about someone like Daniel Jones or Ryan Tannehill. But what I'm going to talk to you guys about today isn't about either of those guys. It's not even about Lamar Jackson, really. It's about quarterbacks in general. The group of quarterbacks we've gotten to watch over the past 20 years has absolutely spoiled us. Tom Brady's achievements have made us numb, and Patrick Mahomes' ridiculously bright star has blinded us to what greatness actually looks like. There is a difference between greatness and transcendence. You literally cannot win as a quarterback or be considered great or superstar or whatever word you want to use in the minds of, a, of fans as a quarterback in the NFL unless you are all-time great or putting up what would be considered an all-time great career 20 years ago. We as NFL fans have had our expectations of quarterbacks ruined by the recent greatness of quarterbacks we have had the opportunity to watch. Since the year 2000, which you, the viewer, were likely born after that, if you're watching this, we have had the golden age of quarterbacks the last 23 years. We have had multiple great quarterbacks win multiple Super Bowls. There is 13 quarterbacks to have ever won two or more Super Bowls, and five of them have been drafted since 2000. That's almost half. NFL viewers the past 23 years have gotten to witness the greatest era of quarterbacking ever. We have watched all-time talented quarterbacks because of this era we're living, and we have watched all-time talented quarterbacks either fail to win a Super Bowl or only win one because somehow that's not good enough anymore. Please understand, we live in an era where Aaron Rodgers, who is on a short list of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play, has only one Super Bowl win. Please understand and listen. Please listen to what a ridiculous statement it is when I say Aaron Rodgers has only one Super Bowl, as though that's not an amazing achievement in its own right. 
we live in an era where it's totally normal to say that Aaron Rodgers has only one Super Bowl and somehow that's a bad thing. And that it that is directly related to the ridiculous heights that quarterbacks have ascended to in the past 20 years. And because of all of this, we have such an unrealistic level of expectation toward all quarterbacks in the NFL. At this moment, we look like we look at quarterbacks currently in the NFL like Lamar Jackson, who is one of only two players to ever be an undisputed MVP, and we act like he's second tier or trash because he hasn't won in the postseason. There's only ever been 57 NFL MVPs in 66 seasons out of an estimated 25,000 players to have ever played in the NFL. And somehow Lamar Jackson is second tier. And you want to say that Lamar Jackson doesn't deserve all that he gets because he doesn't have a Super Bowl win? You want to say that Aaron Rodgers has underperformed in his career? And to a point, I actually agree with that, which really kind of proves the point because he only has one Super Bowl win. We want to diminish Cam Newton's accomplishments because he lost the one Super Bowl that he went to. It is silly. It is silly. The unrealistic type of expectations that we have for quarterbacks right now. This isn't even taking into account what you expect out of first and second year quarterbacks entering the NFL. They don't even get the chance to acclimate to the NFL anymore. They are expected to walk in and be great immediately because of guys like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow. First and second year quarterbacks are expected to walk into the NFL, be great immediately. And then because of Brady and Mahomes, if they don't win multiple Super Bowls, you think they're garbage and you think they're overrated and you want to replace them. It's unbelievable what we expect these players to do and how we consider them failures if they are all-time great. Once again, you literally cannot win as a quarterback in the NFL right now unless you're all-time great or putting up what would be considered an all-time great career 15 years ago. We expect all of our guys to win multiple Super Bowls when there's only 13 players in 55 years since the merger that have done that. It's absolutely wild and unfair to all the guys that are playing the quarterback position, both past, present, and future. We all have to come back down to earth on this. It's just not fair. Now, moving on to something that has me even more heated. According to a report, Bill Belichick just wanted to fuck the Jets when he traded with the Steelers during the NFL draft, the an NFL GM told the Washington Post. The report claims that Bill Belichick took a lesser value trade than he could have in order to allow the Steelers to jump from pick 17 to pick 14 to draft the guy the Jets wanted in offensive tackle Broderick Jones. With this story, what you're thinking probably thinking is, ha, Bill Belichick hates the Jets and he got them again. I think Bill Belichick is officially a fucking joke. Why is a head coach with a losing record since 2020, zero division titles since 2020, one blowout playoff loss, worried about screwing over the Jets? 
maybe Bill Belichick should be more concerned with winning games right now instead of living off of past titles. Let's look at the reality of what Bill Belichick is without Tom Brady. And I hope that will provide some context as to why this story is so offensive. Belichick, since Brady has left, has been a bad, egocentric, egomaniacal head coach. You may not want to admit it because of what Belichick and Brady accomplished together, but it is the truth. Here is Belichick's resume without Tom Brady, both pre-Brady and post-Brady leaving for Tampa. And just to be fair, let's take it season by season. In 2020, the season Brady left the Patriots, they went 7-9. and nine. And you know what? They get a little bit of a pass for that. It's not an easy thing to replace the greatest to ever play. But perhaps Belichick should have put his ego aside and just not let Brady go. 2021, the Patriots went 10 and 7, which is pretty good. And then they got absolutely obliterated and embarrassed in the playoffs where they lost by 30 in the wild card round to the Buffalo Bills. In 2022, the Patriots went an embarrassing 7 and 10 in a season that was almost solely caused by Belichick's ego. Belichick, prior to the 2020 season, installed a defensive coordinator and failed head coach in Matt Patricia to the offensive coordinator position and expected that to work. That is one of the worst coaching decisions I have ever seen in my entire life. And Bill Belichick, because he's such a defensive guru and such a defensive genius, expected to be able to make it work. It didn't. Belichick. Without Brady in New England is 36 and 38. And since Brady left for New England, he has amassed a record of a whopping 18 and 20. Belichick, as we all know, right before the draft, takes over Sir Scouts and runs the entire show. And what has that gotten the New England Patriots? Effectively nothing to show for since Brady left. In an NFL, where the entire game is basically a track meet of who has the better athletes on the offensive side of the ball. The Patriots' last two first-round picks are Cole Strange out of UT Chattanooga and defensive back Christian Gonzalez. Now, Christian Gonzalez is a great prospect, but the Patriots don't need a defensive back. Cole Strange appears to be a solid guard, but the Patriots had the least dynamic, slowest, least exciting offense in the NFL. And what's Belichick's answer to this? Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been cast off by two different teams? They need a head coach who isn't still trying to win Super Bowls the way the NFL did in the 90s. Defense and a running game doesn't win you titles. Belichick has been coaching as though he still has Tom Brady on the sidelines who can make it work with Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman and just anybody on the outside. And that's just not the case. He coaches in a colorblind fashion. I cannot fathom how a coach of Bill Belichick's ability can be in a conference that is absolutely loaded with teams that feature the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Joe Burrow, his group of playmakers, the Chargers who just keep drafting offense, the Jaguars who just traded for Calvin Ridley, the Jets who I just talked about. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers. The AFC is an arms race. And Bill Belichick is more worried about making sure the Jets don't get their guy instead of making sure the Patriots get any level of impact player on the offensive side of the ball. Any level of impact. 
Instead of getting with the times and shifting to the current model of football, the Patriots are worried about screwing over the Jets. Why? Worry about you. Worry about your team making the playoffs. Worry about your team winning the division. Worry about your issues. If I'm a Patriots fan, this has to be absolutely enraging. Like, it just shows that Bill Belichick is worried about the wrong things. At this moment, Belichick is apparently more worried about trying to screw over the Jets during the NFL draft than he is about worrying about getting to over 500 in his career without Tom Brady or over 500 since Brady left or being a 500 coach the past three seasons. At this moment, the Patriots have the worst roster in the AFC East, and they're doing things like this? Who else is there to blame besides Bill Belichick? You tell me. Okay, those are my two big uh, topics. This next segment, I don't really even want to do this segment, but I need something that works well for TikTok and works well for short-form content, so you're going to sit here and listen to it. Here are the top five players that I am rooting for this season to either take the next step or have a bounce-back season. Number five. Brock Purdy. I have him number five because he did play pretty well last season. And I don't know how much of him will actually see coming back from that elbow surgery. Him being the last pick of last year's draft is a bit of an overplayed story at this point, but the storyline still makes him very easy to root for me. I like the underdog. Okay. I can't help it. He seems like a good guy. I like him and I like the 49ers. I like their coach. And I'm really interested to see if Brock Purdy is a Kyle Allen-esque fluke where Kyle Allen once started his career 5-0 and and then proved to not be so great. I'm curious if Brock Purdy is legit or if he's just a flash in the pan. It's a great story either way, but I am definitely rooting for Brock Purdy. Number four, Russell Wilson. The more good quarterbacks the NFL has, the better, and I'm rooting for Russell Wilson to have a bounce-back season. It sucks to see what happened to him. This man got absolutely slaughtered, and rightfully so, for his performance last season. He had all the hype with that big deal and sending him to Denver, and he just flopped so bad. And it's so deflating because I, and I'm sure a hell of a lot of others, were really excited to see this move and what would happen, and it was just such a disappointment last season. Hopefully, Sean Payton can turn it around for him. Number three is, number three, Kadarius Tony. I watched a little bit of Kadarius Tony in college and found him to be a really interesting prospect. He reminded me a lot of Percy Harvin coming out of college, but I wasn't sure if that slipperiness that Kadarius Tony showed in college would translate, but he's really showed some flash. If he is able to keep trending upward like he was toward the end of last season, including that big return in the Super Bowl, he could be an absolute blast to watch with Patrick Mahomes, especially considering he's could be slated to be their wide receiver one with the departure of Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he could be just an absolute bomb or absolute explosion in that offense. I think he's potentially super fun. Number two, Lamar Jackson. There's way too much Lamar Jackson hate out there. I like this guy a lot. Say what you will about his weird offseason, but this guy has done absolutely nothing but give his all for his, for his organization and deserved the payday he got. 
when Lamar Jackson is healthy, he's inarguably the most exciting player in the NFL. I find him very easy to root for, and I feel he's overhated. I just hope he manages to stay healthy for the 2023 season and shows the world why he got that big deal and gets back to that MVP form. Number one, Justin Fields. I have Justin Fields number one because of the level of potential excitement he brings. If you look at his game, he obviously draws comparisons to Lamar Jackson, and I'm really hoping he takes that kind of jump that Lamar Jackson did. Chicago has really leaned into Justin Fields this offseason and really went all in on getting him the help he needs. They traded for DJ Moore. They added a left tackle on the draft. They got a guard in free agency. They also added tight end Robert Tanyan. If Justin Fields can take that next step in the passing game and enter stardom ter territory, watch out. He has an opportunity to be one of, if not the most exciting player in the NFL, and his wow factor would be rivaled by Lamar Jackson, assuming he does make those improvements in the passing game. And it's really easy to look at Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears and that division they're in, and they had some really poor defenses last season, and see an avenue for him to approve. And with Aaron Rodgers leaving the division, he has an opportunity to step it up and cement himself as the guy to beat in this division for years to come. So that's it. That was my show. Thank you guys all for watching, listening. Feel free to like and subscribe if you're watching. Take care, everybody.